Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, it is. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the mother-loving geek nation? You're listening to... Spoil- this is spoiler alert, right? I always forget. Which one's this? I think this is spoiler alert. Which is, other I one talk so about the comics? Shows. Spoiler alert is the name of the show. Yeah. It's also what we're going to do for the books this week. We're going to spoil, spoil them. We're going to spoil your enjoyment of uh, pretty much anything. If you're a fan of narrative fiction, we're here to ruin that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other things like foods, we might spoil foods for you. Like yeah. you may never enjoy them again. Hey, what what TV shows or movies do you want to see? I'll watch it first, and I'll, I'll let you know. Spoil it, yeah. <laughs> or ruin the shit. Everything. Out of it. All right, here we go. We have emails. Uh, we got one from Schmacks, um, and uh, he actually he texted. He didn't write this into the show, but he did text me, and I feel like if you text me, you might get read on the on the show. His number is yeah right right five 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 five. He says I get so angry when Saint Saucy writes in and advertises other podcasts on your podcast. I hope he writes into every other show and brags about how you read his letters nearly every week. So oh, also I'll be in for my books soon. He said because <laughs> he has a subscription here. In a uh, related but unrelated. Hey, JD. Oh hey buddy. Oh, by the way, I'm Johnny Destructo. <laughs> I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Noel. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you uh, got a question for me? Uh, yeah, no, I was. He said this seems like a really good time. I've always wanted to ask you this: What podcast you listen to? Oh, well, I'll tell you. I listen to, and uh, we're here to spoil your podcast. Yeah. Go. <laughs> I listen to uh, iFanboy. Usually, I do their special edition podcast wherein they talk about the comic book movies. Mm -hmm. So, just today, while I was driving around doing my errands and whatnots, I listened to uh, their Shazam review. I also heard that. It was very good. And their Captain Marvel review. And then I also listened to the Slash Filmcast, and uh, I listened to their both of those as well Captain Marvel and Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. I um. So like with the uh, the iFanboy fellas, I'll listen to all of them whether I've seen the movie or not because yeah. they're usually pretty good about it. But yeah. with Slash Filmcast, if I don't see the movie, I don't listen to it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't listen to the i I don't listen to the iFanboy regular show because I'm not as caught up with them and they they mm. do a lot more books than we do. Yeah. They they usually average like, what like ten books and yeah. and they're very disciplined about sticking to two to three minutes or they're or real five, good. like like you know, like five yeah. minutes a book yeah 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 they're, and they have segments and everything it's very professional <laughs> yeah uh, we are uh, I'll say more conversational yes yeah we uh, bring a more conversational vibe less structure more uh, what were we talking about um, <laughs> yeah we we didn't learn the steps we just have rhythm yeah that's right. <laughs> it's it's a jazzy kind of rhythm too so um, all right Christopher Goodnight wrote us in the aforementioned Christopher Goodnight Christopher Saint Saucy Sweet Dreams as we've redubbed him hey Saint yeah. Saucy Sweet Dreams hey guys I realized I left a question out of my email from a few weeks ago that JD never read because y'all didn't do a spoiler alert <laughs> always gotta do the backhanded anyway I couldn't quite figure out how to word it and basically all I wanted to say was that I really like Yost's Humberto Ramos's and Bacello's work on Spider-Man and X-Men. There was no real question. I just wanted to share some info. Uh, I can't believe Mark almost spoiled Green Arrow number 50 for me. Normally I wouldn't care, but it's the final issue of the series. We'll never see another Green Arrow book slash appearance. I'll just have to wait till I pick up my books in two weeks. It turns out I was able to read that issue of Green Arrow. Then I listened to Mark's review and realized I was worried over nothing. As for the whole how many books slash issues are too many for a crossover, if it's too many to fit into one omnibus, then it is too many. The Siege was about right, but even still, it was a little long. The Siege was four issues. Nah, I think he's talking about all the like other, there was like, a couple miniseries, and, and like I think I went through a bunch of the different regular series. I can't imagine how all of, you know, finish the email, sorry. Okay. Conan is still 
really good entertaining. So once again, JD has caused me to spend more money on comics. How dare he? I'm looking forward to DC cutting back on their output of books. They drew the line at $2.99, but we're putting out books twice a month, and they raised the price to $3.99 and kept a lot of the books at twice the month, and quite frankly, it's hurting my wallet. Plus, the art wasn't consistent because no one can keep up with that schedule. Mm. I'm fine with all of their books being $3.99 and only coming out once a month. As for your question about must-read books spun off from other series, other event series, mm -hmm. did you all ever read Generation M that spun out of House of M slash Decimation? Reporter Sally Floyd tells the story of the mutants who lost their powers. It was the predecessor of all of the embedded minis from Civil War and Siege, which I also really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. As for my question, which J.D. blatantly ignored the rules to... Well done, Mark. Never heard of the book, but you followed the rules. I don't even remember what he's talking about at this point. This is like a month ago. Yeah. Noel sort of followed the rules since Invincible isn't out yet, but I was never a huge fan. I've read up on the Invincible Wars, and I've never fell in love with it. I really don't love Ar Otley's art. Oof. God damn it. Hard pass. Jeez. Strong disagree. Oh, this was the question of uh, what hasn't been adapted yet that we'd love to see. Or, oh, or, yeah. right. Yeah. Invincible's so goddamn good. It's it's It's... Borderline brilliant. Like it, you're yeah. wrong. Anyway. And JD, I like the Keanu Constantine movie. Like Chaz says at the end of the movie, it's not like in the books. I can't believe Noel blasphemed Hush. It was one of the first Batman stories I read. Af uh, I read. It might have been the second one I read after War Drums. I went in knowing the ending and still really loved it. I know supposedly Jason Todd was the original villain character behind the mask, and that DC put the kibosh on it while he was writing it, but I have to wonder if that was before or after the early issues had already come out, because it felt obvious from the first issue that Tommy Elliott was the villain. This email has gone on way too long, so I'll say goodbye. Chris, St. Saucy Sweet Dreams. Uh, he's going to be upset. I think I talked shit about Hush really subtly last week, too. Oh. Um, so I own the Omnibus of Hush. I read it in, or sorry, the Absolute of Hush. I read yeah. it in issues. I actually think it is, it was great at the time. It's a wonderful, like, 12-part story when Jeff Loeb was still kind of firing on all cylinders. But to me, it hasn't aged well at all. And it does some of the, it does some of the things that I don't fall for anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very, it's a very simple story, which is fine. But I can only enjoy that so many times on a surface level before it's just like, it feels like a waste. It's been so long since I've read it. I haven't read it since issues. It feels meandering. Yeah. Like, I reread it maybe two or three years ago. Um, it was one, uh, in retrospect, it it feels like one of those things was like, how can we cram every villain in? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't read as well in together as it didn't issues so okay. this was monthly issues art by jim lee it was a it was an ongoing deal. mystery for a whole year and you were just yeah. kind of hooked into it and 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 all of these things like every single issue was like a highlight of a different villain he essentially did the same thing that he did with long halloween yes. but he did it in continuity in the books and it just it felt like event television every month yeah reading it together Arr. it's so filled with holes that the only thing that keeps it together is nostalgia. Oh dang. And and artistry. Like it's a very pretty book. Yeah. It's yeah. it's Jim Lee the top notch Jim Lee. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. I'll have to go back and revisit it. Um but uh yeah it's been so long. I I've revisited Long Halloween several times That's and great. I still enjoy that. Yeah. But that that because of uh Tim Sale's style that feels episodic on purpose. Mm -hmm. This feels like spinning wheels episodic like no. let's kill some time because we have two more villains or yeah. they'd be really like almost like watching a tv show and you're like well it didn't have to be 13 episodes it would be really great if it was 10 oh sure all of the marvel shows yeah yes. something it, it's kind of like that where it's just like mm, all right like yeah, roll so with it gonna... yeah and also you know what that's going to tie in very shortly when we get to our first book of the week uh but I do want to say that um i've forgotten what i wanted to say i did want to i do want to say that i've forgotten it <laughs> I had a thing I wanted to say just now, and it's gone. Talk about something. Um, something you wanted to talk about. It was about uh, Long Halloween, and then the hush, and then the cramming everything in. Fuck it. Let's get on to the next book. <laughs> it's um, uh, Avengers: No Road Home by Al Ewing, Jim Zub, Mark Wade, and art by Paco Medina. Number so nine. We have it. There is nine issues so far, and so uh, all of them we have loved. 
Mm-hmm. Except for me personally, something about this issue felt off. It felt a little stilted. Um, some of the characterizations felt weird to me. And um, this, you know, as we were just saying about the shows being too long, maybe this uh, this series could have been one episode issue shorter. How did you feel about this episode? I, oh, and I got questions about this page here, but what did you feel about the episode um, well, as a whole? My it's in direct relation to the page you just pointed out, which is the first page of the book. This is the first time in, in all nine issues of this series, because we've been reading it every week and checking it every week. This is the first time I felt like I missed an issue. Yeah. And I went back. I was just like, wait, who are these people? Yes. And, well, what happened last week? Okay, again? it's not just me. No, no, no. This, this one felt like a smash cut uh, that just felt like I missed something in between. So the first, the very first page is, is, a, is, a, is a single slash page of... Um, I guess the half of these people used to be the U.S. Avengers, and some of them the Ultimates. Like yeah. the 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 second tier teams from like two or three years ago. It's it's the Blue Marvel. It's America Chavez. Someone in a suit. Another person holding a lobster. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know so, any of these people, but they're they're reacting to what happened at the at the the cliffhanger of the last issue, which I had to be reminded of because I it feels like um, time happened in between these issues yeah. in a bad way yeah, yeah. so uh well the thing that did happen was uh, originally the, the one of the impetus of the beginning of the series was the sun has been blotted out mm-hmm. right and now the the bigger thing was not only has the sun been blotted out but also all the stars too i guess well it was it was um the reason why this big bad was able to awaken is because nicks Nix, yes was able to awaken is because in the previous series they blotted out the sun for a split for like a, a minute, right, or a split second or whatever. That allowed her to escape, and since then she's been trying to find pieces of her soul so mm-hmm. she could be at full strength. She's got two of them now, and was able to put the universe in darkness. That happened as a cliffhanger at the end of the last issue. Now, one week later, mm-hmm. we we're, we just get this big old splash page of people in New York. Dealing yeah. with blackouts. Yeah. We've and got... I didn't make the connection because it oh. just it felt like it happened. I had to be reminded, like, oh, I see. oh, that's how it happened. That didn't bother me. The fact that, you know, I, I kind of remembered what had happened, so I didn't have that trouble. What the trouble I had was, Tony, Wasp, your job is to get the power back on any way you can. And this is Blue Marvel talking. Gomi, Bill the Lobster, Pod 2, Earth's trigger fingers are getting itchy. Your assignment, prevent World War Three. Who the fuck? There's a... Who's... Gomi, Bill the Lobster, in Pod 2. And I was looking at this, I was like, is that guy the lobster? Is, is that guy in the armor? He looks kind of lobstery. No, it's And then the I realized, oh, lobster. there's a child down there with a green lobster. I have no idea who these people are. Is the child Gomi? And the, the I don't know, is that guy? Who's that? So I know is Tony. That pod, must be Pod 2. I know Tony is, is the uh, magenta hair. Yeah. And Nadia the wasp. Yeah. And then. And America and Blue Marvel. Yeah. And then T'Challa, of course. But Gomi, Everyone Bill else Lobster, was like, and Pod 2, I got, I got nothing. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so at the beginning of every issue, though, luckily, uh, for people who uh, don't remember things like I do, um, there's a, a who's who of the cast members. Yeah, and where they are and the whole nine. Yeah, yeah, very important. So I went, you know what, self, why don't you turn back a page and look <laughs> at that who's who listing and then find these characters, and then you'll know... Uh, Turns out they're not in the who's who. I'm the at- only characters I don't know who I need the who's who for were not in the who's who. I'm gonna ask Siri right now, Bill the Lobster. <laughs> who the fuck is hey, Bill Siri, the Lobster? Who's Bill the Lobster? I'm just gonna type it in. Okay, I found this on the web. Earth six one six. <gasps> the Lobster Bill was a scientific experiment that was aimed at granting people superpowers through cybernetics. Why is he a lobster, What's though? the balls? Hang on. <laughs> oh, I see. It's got a real old picture. So th- that's a real old character. It's uh, a very old of character. Domi, former partner of Don. Who the hell is... Okay, so now, like, we're, we're down the rabbit hole now. Who yeah. the hell is Gomi? <laughs> Gomi is uh, Alphonsus Lefsijic. So that nickname makes sense. <laughs> partner of Bill, formerly Fallen Angels, former partner of Don. Don the lobster, and then Bill. The, Don the Lo- Don is blue. 
Oh, he's marital status. Single. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> All right, you know what? I don't like this corner of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Anyway. This crustacean loving. <laughs> and then and then we get, uh, you know, because I was wondering, at the end, there was a, they mentioned the world had a personality. Right? Yeah, Euphoria is. Uh, Euphoria. Uh, yeah, Euphoria is a planet where uh, your, your desires uh, are granted when yeah. you're there. But they've never alluded to it being an actual sentient being. Um, yeah, uh, they don't mention it at all, really, oh, in the series. doesn't show up, never mentioned. And it. then most of, well, I don't say most, but like a good quarter of this book is, hey, I'm I'm Euphoria, I'm a planet, uh, who wants it more? And then everyone has to like tell their story about who wants well, the shard more. Well, I feel like the reveal for this planet person, it happens, it happens in between the issues because you just, you go to the next page and there's this uh, Lady Groot looking uh, it looks like uh, she looks like if Groot, um, mated with Poison Ivy. Yeah, and, and it was like she's a sexy just talking, Groot. and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm flipping through the previous issue, where Euphoria does not show up, and then what there is is there's a like post credit sequence where it says, "What is Euphoria?" and then it's got a page of the dance slot, uh, Silver Surfer run that shows you Euphoria, but. She never shows up in the issue itself. She just shows up in between. Did we? This is a, it's like did a, we it's definitely like a weird not cram. miss an issue. Is there like a a a point? No, I think five. They, I think they're just. I think they're just powering through. This is this is now to me. It feels like, hey, this is a nine issue story, and publisher being like, uh, tens a better rounder number that we can yeah, collect but, better. Yeah, but the way the way so you're like, describing it makes it sound like that happened at issue. Eight. Okay, maybe it's an eleven issue story. You know what I mean? And like, they were like, eh, "Can you squeeze it into ten? So, like, this is the first time in the series where it felt like a shortcut happened between the issues. Yeah, like they just didn't establish a handful of things. And honestly, too, the fact that the last issue had a cheat sheet in the back with no context. Yeah, <laughs> kind of tells me like we need to kind of maybe introduce. We didn't this, have ours this for chick this. at some we point. Should, we should do it. We should like talk about it because yeah. readers are going to be introduced to her. Without introduction, yeah, surely, yeah. very weird. This this whole issue I thought was clunky. It felt weird. The characterizations of the characters, um, I did the personalities. I should say of the characters. Although I did like uh, giant rocket, giant rocket. Although it lasts for two pages and then he's normal again. I well, they were old pin particles. Um, I they were out there, out of I really really liked one scene in this book with uh, where Conan talks about. Conan responds to Vision's request. Right. So the Vision says that he has everything that he... All of these characters ask what their heart desire is, and the Vision is actually dying. So he says, I'm actually quite content because to die is to be human. Yeah. And Conan doesn't agree, Uh violently does not agree with this sentiment, uh, thinks the reverse. And I think it talks some odd sense into the vision. Yeah. And it's a really, really great scene. Yeah. He's it's basically, so vision is like, uh, I'm dying. So that's pretty human. And uh, Conan's response is no, to fight against death is human. Yeah. Being fight, human yeah. makes you die. Fighting yeah. against it is, is, yeah. is living, which is, is, it's a cool little bit, yeah. but it also felt slightly out of place. It was for this was, character who has never met this Android character. Also, he seems to be taking Android characters in stride. Um, for a guy who's, I feel like that's part of the characterization of him right now, where it's just he's nonplussed by everything. Doesn't okay. matter what it is, you okay. know. Like, hey, that that witch is turning into a snake monster. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna like, stab it. Yeah, he yeah. has no. He Call doesn't me Captain Stabbing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess. But um, yeah. Oh, and then I do like that Hawkeye got his one perfect shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could die now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and I liked a Voyager. That yeah. was a nice thing. Um, she's like, I, all I've ever wanted is to be an Avenger, and Euphoria is like, well, I can't do that. Only one, only one person can do that, and I guess that's telling her that she needs to just decide that she's an Avenger. I guess that's how uh, super teams work. She needs to declare it. Yeah, oh, you, you scream Avengers assemble, and you're on the team. Uh, well, I know what I'm doing I later. I do that every time I come. I was, <laughs> I was, I was gonna go do it in the back. <laughs> I mean, don't you yell come in the back of my store? <laughs> <I was gonna. laughs> you go home for that. All right, I uh, am home. Can I mean? But let's hope that it wraps up well. <laughs> I, I think this is just a hiccup. It, it, this doesn't ruin anything that came before it. It's just if it's the first time it's felt kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah, it was a little meh. A little meh. Hopefully, uh, this picks up. The next issue picks up where this leaves off instead of jumping. 
randomly? I, I th- it had to have been a pacing issue where they didn't have an extra issue. It had to have been. I guess. But still, but 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 if you're gonna make that decision, you'd think you would fix it somehow, like rework some panels or something. Well, maybe yeah. they thought they did. Yeah. All right. With the post-credit stuff that barely anyone reads. Yeah, I, I skipped it. Yeah. Um, all right, Batman Who Laughs, number four, written by Scott Snyder with art by Jock. This uh, was this a six issue? Yeah, it's a six, six issue, issue series with like one tie in, one tie in issue. So it's going to be like seven issues when it's all done. It has felt a little uneven mm-hmm. for me. How how do you feel? Um, I've actually not liked it for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, I have not really dug it, and it's had moments of like it's had some really cool little character moments in it mm-hmm. throughout but as a story i've i don't need to know what's happening but i need to be engaged mm-hmm. i feel like they're just telling a story at me as opposed oh, to involving me that's a good point like they're telling you what's happening but you're not engaged in what's happening i'm not, no, I'm not engaged at I all it's just it's it's like um so the best example of it is is the cockamimi excuse or reasoning for this stupid visor yeah. That, well, okay. That they it reverse helps. engineered to a design that somebody made that that Capullo made yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Come on. It, it just. It, <sighs> well, I. It's fine. I'm okay with that actually. Mm. I understand your hesitation, because it's metal that uh, you can't see through. In a fuller story, but, maybe I wouldn't care, but this just keeps feeling like serviced, and I'm not sure to who. But. So this metal, it, the whole thing that Scott Snyder's been doing for a couple of years now is all about magic metals. Yeah. Right? Uh, he got the idea of, like, making a heavy metal story, and then mm-hmm. he was like, what can I do with heavy metal? Oh, I guess I'll do a bunch of magic metals. Yeah. And- so the fact that this visor is a magic metal that lets you see the dark energies mm-hmm. of the metal, right, in mm-hmm. question, I was okay with that. But I, I'm glad I got an answer, as opposed to just yeah. being like, he can see because it looks cool. Right. I mean, sure. That's what they've been doing up until this point, which is just like, well, I guess he can see because it looks cool. So, <laughs> the fact he, that they, but it's I, it's not even it's not even really clear Pardon. to me what he sees. He's able to see the energy, but oh, no, the yeah, energy itself. No, no, no. I know that there's oh. the rules to it are are, are murky. Oh, so like Doctor Strange rules. Yeah. Yeah. They're just. Uh... And the the more agitated he gets while he's you know being poisoned by this slow moving virus, um, Joker venom. It. it it's fine. I, I don't hate it. It's just, it's really hard to like praise this. Um, well, good, because we're not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I actually, I really, really enjoyed the, uh, you know, actual Joker scene. I loved that. That, that was, was that weird. Was a, well, it was, was kind of neat. It was a great, first of all, put a shirt on. Like, you have a, you have a gaping chase, chest wound. Yeah. Just put a shirt on. Why? Well, he's the Joker. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Uh, sure. Whatever. I mean, I feel like it's not sanitary. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anyway, oh, um, he has a, a a wonderful, honest moment. Perhaps maybe the first honest moment he's ever had with Batman, because Batman is closer to his level than he's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he essentially tells him, "I don't want you to win. I don't want me to win. I want to never stop fighting with you." Yeah. So if I can help you stop this guy, because that's what's going to keep us in yeah. our constant battle. Mm-hmm. Sweet, it was it was a it was a wonderful. This to me felt more real than all those other cockamimi times. I said cockamimi like twice now. All those other bullshit times when uh, good guys and bad guys team up because there's a greater foe. Yeah. This felt more real yeah. because it was an actual. It was actually based in the character's long-standing motivation as opposed to just a plot mechanic. This was cool. I don't think it's actually going to go anywhere other than the scene though. This is just like a fun scene in the middle. I don't think that's going to factor into how this all wraps up. You don't think? No, I don't. Right. I don't think because the, the whole idea is that all right, Joker. Then if I become this bastard, you got to take me out. You betcha. Yeah. I th- he's not going to become the Batman. I think who we're laughs. gonna. I think. Oh no, he's not going to become him. That's what I, I think. Mean. We're going to get up to that point, though. Maybe. I feel like that's going to come to a head, and it's either like either change back or I'm going to murder you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not convinced that maybe this is our our reality. Con- our reality. Oh at no, all. me neither. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not, waiting I'm not for convinced. that other shooter job of being like, well, he everything goes badly. What a what a tough. Yeah. And then at the very very end, being like, thank God By that wasn't hard. Yeah, <laughs> this is the story of how it all went down. Yeah. I, I mm. and I guess I realize six one six is Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't hate it, 
But again, uh, I'm not terribly engaged. No. But... Also, too, um, Jim Gordon getting like eaten by the the Robins? crazy Robins. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I don't know what's going to happen there, and um, I don't know what's happening with Jim Gordon's son, the crazy psychopath. There's a lot of interesting things happening here. It's just for some reason this this is not been for me i'm not enjoying it well i think it's been the slow decline of my interest in scott snyder's storytelling i was really really into his batman new 52 run yeah the more grounded in, kind of legacy until stuff yeah. the jim gordon stuff yeah I thought, every, I thought that whole run was just was it like heavy tits to tails delicious it was great and then yeah super heavy super heavy and then once he did that one it was like the one blight Right on that whole run mm. that I thought was great, and then ever since Metal, and this oh not no I'm sorry not ever since Metal, since Batman, what was that secondary series he did where it was like him teaming up with a bunch of different it was All Star was it All Star yeah was All Star it Batman All Star Batman, that one I was the first time I was like oh no wait what's all this nonsense I didn't get I didn't get past the second issue yeah I it mean, was just oh fine. me neither me neither yeah um so yeah I think maybe I'm it's just uh, he's not doing it for me anymore like. I, he had it so I, when uh, a lot of times you'll see this too like when a writer has when a writer decides to switch up not their style but what types of stories they like to sell like mm-hmm. you know like he had a really really he was he was very confident in that niche of grounded storytelling yeah. he was able to do large mysteries and large arcs that that carried 12 issues like the court of owls was brilliant yeah. um but somewhere along the lines he decided to tell a different type of story to kind of I, I'm assuming to challenge himself. Yeah. So you know, with the the Dionysian medal and and how the Joker still stays alive all this time and mm-hmm. all, all this crazy shit that that eventually did lead up lead up into metal in like a weird yeah. Morrisonian way. That's to me that wasn't his comfort zone. And you kind of afford. You know, he's willing to take chances, and there's some really good oh, ideas in there. So, I love that he's so, taking chances. Exactly. It's just it. I will never fault anybody for that. By now, though. I feel like it should have hit a groove. So between this, me, between metal, this, and his Justice League run, it's it's a lot more misses than hits, and yeah. it's 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 all it's all starting to feel overly complicated for no, no reason. reason. Yeah, like uh, these, other than to be like, look how complicated this is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and to be honest with, like, again, it just keeps making me think of Grant Morrison. But I get sick of it with him too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm not exactly sure how this is all going to land. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared that I'm going to hate it, even though I really don't want to. Taking a step out of myself, I think, I wonder if this is how I may have reacted to early Grant Morrison stuff had I read it when it was hitting shelves, which I, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So things like Animal Man and Doom Patrol mm-hmm. and other stuff that I have come to appreciate in the years since because I knew that it was heading somewhere. So I'm wondering if maybe this is that sort of thing where after all is said and done, I'll be able to look at all of this Scott Snyder stuff and be like, oh, snap, look at all these other things he put together. And once I've got the big picture view of it, the, the bird's eye view, right? Right now, mm. I feel like I'm in the worm's eye view. I'm, I mean, I mean, that's very forgiving. But if we have like, well, I haven't forgiven it. I'm that's, saying there's a potential. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, mildly forgiving. However, uh, counterpoint, we have been lucky enough to live during a lot of those runs mm-hmm. where the grander picture becomes clear that you had a plan all along something like like secret invasion something like yeah. the sinestro core war and then mm. darkest night like these are things yeah. that were seated 30 40 years ago in some aspects mm-hmm. um during it they were exciting and fresh and then the more w- that was revealed the crazier and more exciting it got yeah. This just feels like a lot of shoes keep dropping, and you're like, "Where the fuck are these shoes coming from?" I'm tired. I like, where's this going? I want to, I want to, I want to see a bigger picture, or at least hint at a bigger picture, other than Perpetua, yeah, who's this god of goddesses who gods all the goddesses mm. and gods, yeah. I, I, have For you Justice been reading League. Justice League? Justice but it's League. all this is all still connected to all that. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm hoping that in the future, I'll look back on his. Ouvre. I would always hope Ouvre, that. and be like, "Ooh, look at that! The <laughs> Justice League ties into the Batman thing, ties into the the Is metal this, thing." Yeah, I you know. I mean, I want I want to like this more than I do, and I, I like Justice League more than this. I like. I was about. I was. I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah. Justice League is just wonky and weird, or and at least just, the the current. Justice League story, which I, name escapes me, the Mixelpilic stuff with the sixth dimension. I think that's 
and the the Superman with the gold and the white, who we just realized who it was. But yeah, are we still fighting them? Did that ha- did that end? It twenty one issue twenty one. I don't remember. No, it's still going. Okay. You find out who. I mean, you just said. Oh, you find out who it is. You That's just, right. I mean, That's you right. Actually, said it, but yeah. What Perpetua? Right. Isn't that Perpetua? No. Superman. No. Wound up being someone else. Oh, who, what's the name? Spoiler alert. What's the name? World Forger. World Forger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Perpetua's children are the Monitor, the Anti Monitor, and the World. So it's one of Forger. the kids of Perpetua. That's what it's it was. World yeah. Forger. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. So at the end here, uh, for some reason, Batman's talking to a a, a guard. At Blackgate and Batman, I'm sorry, let me rephrase, motherfucking Batman <laughs> doesn't know that he's talking to the Batman who laughs? He's changing? Surprise, surprise. Like, I guess that's true. He's, and, again, he's really dealing with some shit. You might be right. But it just felt like, wait. He has the visor, though. Wouldn't he be able to see that energy? The guy just right? has like a, a mask. He's literally wearing the thing. Yeah. Uh, it's things. God you know, it. reasons. Oh fuck. All right. Uh I'm very I'm very interested in this ending, so we so I know where you stand. I would love <laughs> I would absolutely and I, I hate being a hater. I would fucking love for this to nail the landing so hard that I go back and reread it. Because I was unfairly like, maligning ooh, it, and it's just like yeah. so. That's my favorite. I would love that. I would That's love to true. be so wrong. My favorite is to enjoy it all the way through. But <laughs> I, I also really like being surprised. Is what I'm saying. I, 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 that's that's what I want to happen. But I, yeah. I every single issue we get deeper into it, including the Grim Knight issue. It's like yeah, it's like grasping at straws to, to like something. It's just it's it's becoming a dirge. Yeah, for show. Anyway, uh, uh, so speaking of dirges, Batman <laughs> Detective Comics number one thousand and one, the Arkham Knight Rises. Uh, first off. Love the new logo. I do too. I want I want that logo. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that on a a plain black heather t-shirt. Nice. Just that logo right in the middle. It's just such a cool logo. Yeah, it's a good looking one. So, at the end of issue one thousand, which we talked about last week, mm-hmm. we met the Arkham Knight, who is a character from the Arkham Knight video game. Turns out it was Jason Todd in the video game. His mystery here is is still a secret. Completely different. And uh, I guess he's in charge of what? Who are the? It's an order of some sort. It seems to be an order of knights of like knights of the new dawn or something. Knights of the sun. There you go. Isn't that my name was better? Knight of the sun. Because never mind. Um, I don't care about it yet. And a little bit of backstory. I love Peter J. Tomasi. For years and years, we've been touting him as like the unsung hero of the DC universe. One of those writers that doesn't get his due. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did not finish. I was really excited when he took over Detective, and we read the first two issues, and then I don't think I ever finished that first story that he did, but you said did not end well. I did not care for it. Uh, I'm still going to finish it. Please. And then this happened, and I don't really think that there's enough here for me to grasp onto emotionally. I don't care about these new Knights of the Sun. I thought that the the mystery of all the dead bats was interesting, mm-hmm. and the fact that Man Bat's wife injects herself with the bat serum so that she can try and help solve it. But, mm-hmm. of course, like she's bleeding from the ears horribly because becoming a bat, whatever yeah. is affecting all the other bats is getting to her. There seems to be some signal that's that's either... The, the bats are being drawn places and then killed. Dying, yeah. Just, or dying. Whatever's, whatever's causing them to, to like... Like a homie beacon to, to come into this location and then just mm-hmm. drop dead. So... Um, in a in a park in the middle of Gotham, there are a thousand dead bats just lining up this whole park. Yeah. In the cave, there's hundreds of dead bats. So, like, whoever is maybe responsible for this is able to, well, at least knows enough about Bruce. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of intriguing little things that happen, and I dig the idea of. Um, I always love it when they take you know, some random IP and then kind of create a backstory around it if it's cool. So I have I've hope for this and like if it was just sorry, gonna be what's the random IP you're talking about? The idea of the Arkham Knight. Oh, oh, oh. I was I was thinking yeah. uh, maybe I didn't know what the Knight of the Knights of the Sun was. No 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 but, that, but that's just okay. it. Like so you take just a character from a video game that yeah. was relatively maligned but then turn it into this maybe hopefully larger kind of story or myth sure. and, and and having an order of villains yeah. Maybe even something as as fun as rivaling the uh, court of uh, owls. Well, the assassins. I was going to say the uh, 
League of Assassins. League of Assassins. Mm. Uh, which actually, these these people seem to be kind of in the middle of the two of those. You know, here's the thing: I'm having a visceral reaction to these characters, and I think it's because of dumb things like I don't like their outfits. No, they look dumb. They look bainy. They're kind of bainy. There, they've got like the the old timey mm-hmm. night mask kind of thing, but then also it's kind of like almost like bad ears, but more like. God, who was that guy who took down the Justice League? Uh, he would put a disc. Prometheus. Was that him? Prometheus. And he had yeah. like the weird bad ears that were sort of just like sheared off. Yeah. Yeah. They have sort of that style to it. And then each one of them, and they're they're like drab colors. They're like a dark brown maroonish color. That's not very interesting to look at. And they, each one has a little insignia. One looks like a setting sun over water. One's a sun over the mountains. Blah blah blah. Oh, speaking of the sun, I did like the um like the middle of this book the the. The beginning of his meeting with them, they essentially lit the night sky. Yeah. Literally. I thought that yeah. was really cool. I don't remember that happening anytime soon. So, like, you know, Batman's greatest ally is the dark, the shadows, the the world. Uh-huh. And uh, being able to take that away before they strike, it was almost just like a really, really fun flash, gr- flash bomb. Just like... Yeah, yeah. It was... I actually was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, that's that's really nifty. Well, because when I first saw it, I was like, was that some sort of nuke? What the hell just happened? And I was like, oh, okay, it's a it's a sun bomb. Yeah, sure. they they just lit up the sky. Yeah. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but it it just um it struck me as like one of those things that should have happened a thousand mm-hmm. times, but it hasn't. I, I cool comic booky. Yeah, and then we they're shooting him with arrows. They're using bows and arrows, and for some reason, they're just piercing his armor. Yeah, um, they know his defenses and suit, and there's a there's a but lot of like, things that you have to accept. He is stabbity, like it's, oh, yeah, it's very very akin to the uh, Frank Miller Wolverine image, where like he's just littered with arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I also didn't like that they took him down so easy, like these lame ass looking knights he's, of the sun. He has nine arrows in him right now. Yeah. So oh, let's talk about this art. What do you, I've never seen this artist before, uh, to my recollection. What did you think of this? I think it looks really nice. It reminds me a little bit of, I would say, Greg Capullo meets um, Gabriel Rodriguez, who do who did uh, Lock and Key. There's a, uh, I agree with both of those. There's a couple of panels in here, uh, especially in how he treats Batman and, and his his jawline, that almost feel like slight McGinnisy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh. For yeah. sure. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that McGinnis chin. But like McGinnis. not. Yeah, not. But um, but thinner lines. So like Ed yeah. McGinnis has very thick lines, and it's very just like very deliberate yeah. four color comics. This is like almost a little bit more subdued, but still that same um, physicality. Also, he does this neat thing that not a lot of artists do. And they'll just give Batman white eyes, mm-hmm. but he draws them with actual reflections. Yeah. So they look like visors. Yeah. Yeah, it especially works in the scene where he is, his eyes are being reflected against the, uh, the uh, artificial sun. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So overall, what did you, what did you feel about this? Here comes the sun. I like don't know. It? I actually still feel a little. Uh, I mean, I I liked it. I liked I'm it fine. To, I'm used to finishing a Peter J. Tomasi comic and going, yes, next, go, give me. And this one, I'm just kind of like, I hope this gets more interesting soon. Um, there's nothing wrong with this. I just don't know if it's if it's my cup of tea. And I yeah. still feel I still feel a little bit burned from the last yeah uh, the last uh, arc. You know, I'm starting to wonder. A lot of the things I liked about Peter J. Tomasi had to do with his relationship, Batman's relationship with Damien. It was oh, a really? lot of the father son dynamic. Well, that's and what everyone emotional beats. And this is more Batman just detecting and like solving cases. Well, um, isn't that what everyone loved about his? Superman run also. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The familial bonds. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's like the taking away something important that he was really good at. I, I don't know. I, I I'm I have not read. I did not read uh, Batman and Robin. His run, oh, Batman and Robin. God. I know. I know. I know. I, did, I haven't great. read. I haven't read Super Sons. My my um, history with Tomasi was Green Lantern and. Um, a lot of his cosmic stuff and the oh, space see, I stuff. I don't think I ever read most of that. It was wonderful. I, yeah, I that was before he loved became it. the Peter J. Tomasi that rings in my yeah, head. Yeah, no, he he did. Um, him and Patrick Gleason did Green Lantern Corps during yeah. the entire run, almost the entire Jeff run Johns. of Jeff Johns. Yeah. So it was it was that companion book of all the other lanterns that was just amazing. And then I think he did a lot of stuff with uh, 
like I wanted like Rebels and Legion kind of just that cosmic area. It was really fun. It was like I was like B-list characters that you don't really see too often, which I enjoyed. Yeah, so hopefully it'll pick up. Um, I, I like Peter J. Tomasi. I'm definitely going to give it a couple more issues to see uh, if it grabs me. Uh, I'm hoping it does because I want to like it. Symbiote Spider-Man number one by Peter David with art by Greg Land and Ivan Coelho. And so the, my, my first reaction to this book was, oh, Peter David. I like Peter David. Yeah. Peter David's cool. I'm excited about that. Oh, Symbiote Spider-Man. Uh, that's weird. It takes place back in the day before he realizes that it's alive. All right. I guess I guess we could do that. I don't know why we would do that. Oh, uh, it's a black costume. Well, he's also in the black costume in Amazing Spider-Man. I wonder what's going on with this black costume nonsense all over all the Spider-Man books. And then I got to Greg Land, and I went, ah, fudge. I do not, because he is not my personal taste. Let's say that. Um, he never has been. And then I started flipping through it. I started reading it, and I went, wait a minute. This Greg Land is pretty good. He's he's doing some stuff that I've never seen him do before. Man, this scene of him, of Quentin Beck talking to his buddy at the bar, well, these faces are very different for, for Greg Land. But I'll tell you what, the storytelling's there. It's more interesting. Good for Greg Land. And I didn't I didn't realize until uh, we were sat down doing the show notes that it's not all Greg Land. It's Greg Land and then another artist, Ivan Coelho. Yeah, so the the forgiving features that you you got excited about weren't even him. Him. Yeah. yeah. That being said, having flipped through it again after knowing that the Greg Land stuff in the beginning is very good. I think it looks very strong. It's only, really the only problem I have with the Greg Land stuff is when he draws Peter Parker, uh, his Peter Parker faces are interesting to me, stylistically. Um, It's a little rough here. I don't know what's happening with his mouth. And of course we've got uh, Black Cat, played by Claudia Schiffer, as most women are in Greg Land books. This is Claudia Schiffer over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> but so th- that being said, I don't know why this book is here. I don't know why it exists. Um, uh, I I enjoyed it, but I don't know why. Well, first of all, we I'm, gl- it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Every time that you are happy, a part of me is happy. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Nice. Friendship. Um, <laughs> uh, adversely. Um, why? Why did I enjoy it? Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Why? Oh, the same question I have. Which yeah. Is, I mean, why? it's like, so, so is this like a, is it like a contract thing where they got to give Peter David something? I don't know. Like it's, he has Peter to have, David, what do you want to He write? has to have a spider related book as a part of his contract or something. Cause like the, the offshoot Spider-Man books are like his bread and butter. Like what was it? Um, uh, Scarlet Spider. Spider Man ninety twenty ninety nine. That's right. Like it's all uh, he did. The did he did he do renew your vows? No. Who was that? Someone else. Either way, he's got all of these like uh, tangential spider books. They ran out and they're like, "Hey, Pete, uh, Pad, Pat, yeah, Pat. what do we call you? Yeah, Either yeah, yeah. way, whatever. Um, hey, what do you want to do? Like, hey, I would love to do a Spider Man story based in the mid to late nineties with continuity." Or with important continuity stuff that I'm not going to address or really talk about for anybody that was born in the last 30 years. What do you think? Uh, All right. We're contractually obligated to go ahead and say (laughs) yes. So, So, sure, who do you want? Yeah. Peter, uh, I don't know. Who do you got? Uh, Nobody wants to work with Greg Land. Uh, We'll give you Greg Land. I don't know. None of this happened, but it just struck me as why? So, Just why? To answer your question, though, Renew Your Vows, the original one was by Dan Slott My as bad. part of that War World thing. Oh, yeah, what was yeah, that yeah. called? Secret Wars. And then uh, when they started it up again, I believe it was by Nick Lowe. Okay. Yeah. So I love when Peter did, because I, I really enjoyed the Scarlet Spider stuff that he was doing. But that was fun. That was like, that was yeah. in real time, though. That yeah. was actually just like another character existing yeah. now. This is literally going back and telling a story. The Twin Towers are in this book. That the World Trade the, Center's in this book. That was the biggest kind of woe moment for me. It, it, is, it clearly makes dates it prior to 2001. Which makes no sense for the age of this character. It makes no sense for the purposes of the story. Mm. There's no there's no functional reason to base this in that time frame. And 
other than like the shock value of yes, it. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's no there's no story point to it to age this book. Right. Um. I also went shock value, but it was a shock value that didn't bother me. Oh no no no! I was not offended that it was. In I wasn't offended that it was there. The they're, they're beautiful buildings. I, I, actually, I was. I found it more frustrating back in the day when they would CG out the twin towers. Oh yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And I was like, let's not pretend they never existed, y'all. No, I it was it was more along the lines of this. It felt to me like pandering or not not pandering. No, um, like uh, it just reminded me that this story doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Because there's no purpose for them to be there other than to tell you like this is in the past. Right. The, and again, it doesn't match with his fucking age. What is? Yeah. Well, is the, he way, 42? the way I, the way I look at this is along the lines of the way I thought about the Brian Michael Bendis going back and bringing the original five X Men to the present. Mm-hmm. And even though the original five X Men were probably only about less than ten years ago, mm-hmm. they went back to the '60s to get the X Men. Do you know what I mean? And they brought them forward, and they were like weird cell phones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the sliding time scale. Well, they it wasn't explicitly the sixties, but it, yeah, it, was, it was. They were they were wearing like sixties clothes. They were wearing like, turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you saw this. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. It's more of like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to grab them from the actual time period that it happened in the comic books, uh, mm-hmm. in, in you know the publishing date? Yeah. yeah. Then, in continuity. Mm-hmm. So, um. But I, I mean, that being said, I liked the. Stuff with Black Cat, because I always thought that was a really interesting comic book relationship that I'd never really seen anywhere else. Um, it was, well, I guess, no, that's not true. I guess it's very Lois and Clark. But to me, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, weird. Black Cat is really into Spider-Man and absolutely hates Peter Parker's face. She <laughs> thinks he is legitimately an ugly looking man. and uh, <laughs> But she's like, keep the mask on and I'll, I'll, we'll do it. So... um I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to mine from that relationship, and going back and revisiting it, I thought it was neat. Well, they, this is the second time they've done it in as many weeks, right? right? Like they've they've been kind of hitting in, the nail a little hard with in with in Black Cat, Amazing Spider-Man with Black Cat. Yeah. If the purposes of this, if the purposes of this whole arc is to establish or better establish for current readers their relationship to do something for, for something forward, that's coming down the pike, sure, yeah, still weird, yeah. But as a Spidey guy, <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. I'll so take it. So what's the difference between this and just reading back issues? Well, this is stuff that didn't, you know, these are things that didn't happen in the back issues. I understand that, but what's the difference between this? Like, if, if, if the only thing that you're, if the main thing, not the only thing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, if the main thing that you're saying you're enjoying is, one, the nostalgia of it, and two, like, revisiting this relationship, why can't you just revisit it in back issues? Why does this, why does this exist? Well, that's what I'm saying. Revisit the relationship in ways that I have not seen it before. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the minutia of it, like yeah, the, the yeah, day to day of it. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, as as a reader, I've I've said time and time again, I really like when they go back and when a writer and artist will go back and they'll tell a story that takes place when Robin, Dick Grayson, first became Robin, Silver Age stuff, um, and. Uh, tell it with a modern sensibility. So this is a little bit of that for me, of like, oh, I remember oh. this. T- it's nostalgia, dog. You know what? That's the word I I'm guess, looking for. I guess this. I know. I know this is stupid, but um, I guess when when I read the title, symbiote Spider Man, symbiote Spider Man, symbiote, 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 Spider Man. Um, I just immediately assumed it was. Are you sure that's not like a a porn gif that he traced? It is. Um, I immediately assumed or thought that it would somehow tie into, there's a lot of things happening with the symbiotes right now with Venom and Carnage and and all these things. I thought it was going to be like tangentially related to that because there, it seems like there's a push. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was a literal title and these are old stories or untold stories of Spider-Man and his symbiote suit. And, you know, that's another thing is that I, I really enjoyed the, un, speaking of which, the Untold Tales of Spider-Man, which was a comic series. Yeah. So I like when they go back and they tell stuff in between the issues of Spider-Man specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't care when they do it with other characters as much, but because I'm so tuned into this character, I always like going back and be like, oh, I remember this particular time in the, in the, in the, um. Yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe the largest problem here is my expectations. Like, entering into the book, I was assuming or hoping or maybe led to something else, and this is quite literally just 
an old story or yeah. old, uh, not an, a retold story, but an old story of, of yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Also, so, okay, we've got a couple of things, right? We've got a couple. If we take all of these together, maybe we have a reason. We've got Black Cat and her early relationship with Spider-Man is a plot point in Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, all the symbiote stuff that Donny Cates is doing in Venom. Yeah, and, and arguably current readers now are maybe too young to have known all this or experienced this, so they're mm-hmm. retelling. Right, it's cool. been so long that- We're reverse engineering Peter... a reason for this book yeah. right now. Let's yeah, we do are. We yeah. Do. <laughs> and then on top of that, we just had the trailer drop for Far From Home featuring Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah. So- and also, I like what's happening here with Mysterio and uh, the um, manipulations that he's that he's undergoing and, and the, the guilt and all that sort of stuff that he's doing. With um, He convinces Spider-Man that he was there visiting his dead sister mm-hmm. at, the, at the cemetery and not, well, I accidentally got this person killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I just... So then why... Do, do, did we show the World Trade Center... Just to establish this Time is in the period. past? Yes. Yes. But is that too far in the past for current readers or not? Like, how old is Peter supposed to be? This is minutia. Fuck it. It's, like, it's a fine book. Peter, it's I would okay. say Peter's 26. Currently? Don't you think? I think I think he's more like maybe thirty two, thirty three. Nah, no, he yeah. got young. He got you know, euthanized. He, he got, got youngened. youngened <laughs> um, he got uh, de youngened in um, one more day. And he was very clearly supposed to be like, well, we're bringing him back from being married to Mary Jane in his 30s, and now he's more like 25, 26. Mm. I don't know. I still want to think that he's like early 30. Well, that's because he was also Tony Stark for a little while there with the Dan Slott, right? Yeah, that was an interesting run. I was a whole bunch of, he's done a whole bunch of stuff since then. Industries, yeah. And now he's back with MJ again, which is just so weird. Well, I it's it, I don't think all it's that. they spend they're spending so much time on on Black Cat lately. I don't think it's gonna last. Well, it won't because it's comics. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, after yeah. she gets um, threatened again for the eight thousandth time, and he realizes mm-hmm. again that he doesn't want to put her in danger again, he'll yeah. end it again. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's comics, man. That's Cyclical. how I do. It's I love it. And that's how comics work. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. You could reach me at, if you want to tweet at me, you could tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. If you want to throw some money to the show, you can go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. And, oh, you can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com or you could go to cultpopgo.com and click on the bright red banner. Leave us a voicemail. Noel, where can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me at the normal social medias. I really don't hide anything. Uh, at Mr. Bartocci or just Noel Bartocci on everything else. Or, yeah. honestly, just address any of those correspondence that you send to cultpop. Go to at gmail.com. No, gmail.com. Yeah, you no. Just be like, you want to ask me a question? Go for it. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs> this is great.